You know my favorite part about the athletic having the crew roster on it? Is that it's out of date? No, it's just that like it's if I wanted to look up the crew roster but wanted to do it behind a paywall. Welcome, first episode. Um, so bear with us as we uh, continue to try to figure figure yeah. out this microphone. And as you um, peg the meters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the newest uh, newest Columbus Crew Soccer Podcast. Uh, the pros from Dover. Um, my name is Matt Goshert. This is Jim Bach. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Didn't get a lot of sleep last night. What happened? I had some indigestion from that... that Sandwich I had. Oh, nice. Yeah, it yeah. looked like a good sandwich. It was a good sandwich. Yeah. So, um, so I want to. I want to. I want to. It's been five years. It's been five years. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Been, anything happened with the crew in the last five years? I don't well, think so. I'm just saying. There's. There's. There's one thing happened with the crew since the last time we did a podcast. So um, the crew won MLS Cup, which was awesome. I was very happy about that. I was sad I didn't get to go. Yeah. Um, but the other, only other notable thing that I can think of, I'm not sure why I didn't get to go, because the only other notable thing that happened in the last five years is that a sequel to Jesse's Girl came out. I didn't know this. Jesse's Girl 2? I, I was not aware of this. Oh, yeah. Coheed and Cambria and Rick Springfield? Jesse's oh. Girl 2. Oh, okay. As soon as, as soon as I hear back from Rick Springfield, we'll we'll get the licensing for it. And, and that sounds that sounds fantastic. That'll be yeah, our I, new. I, I, that'll be I, our new intro music. Yeah. So, so nothing um, else has happened with the crew in the last five years. Uh, no, nothing at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just normal. Yes. Uh, every, abs- everything's been fine. Absolutely um, normal. Yeah. We're gonna get into all that a little bit more as we continue to go, but I, I really didn't want the first uh, seven hours of the first episode <laughs> to be uh, talking about everything that happened in the last five years. We're just going to pick it up as we go. Yeah. Um, Let so us just acknowledge that probably most of the people listening are aware of what has happened with the crew in the last five yeah. years. And if you aren't, there's a thing called en.wikipedia.org. You might want to look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel like we got the best end of the deal that we possibly could have. Yeah. Um, so you know, we go we go onward and upward. Um, so that's that's the first thing I want to and, and kind of just to explain this, um, explain why we're doing this. The premise of it. Yeah. Other I got, than boredom. I got bored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got real bored. Um, I wanted to do a show again. Um, I think you got bored. Yeah. 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 And and honestly, if I don't, you know, you get that you get that pass from the home at least, you know, once a week. Once so, a week, yeah. And so I'm using yeah. it on a Thursday. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Thursdays is going to be our actual recording day. Um, I would say follow us on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, they will have all that will have all of the uh, most up to date stuff. Pros from Dover ninety six, which I assume is how you found this podcast. So I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, the hashtag for the show, uh, because I do want to get a whole bunch of people to send us questions, because I think that's fun, is hashtag finest kind. Um, 
And I want to get, we'll get some other social media stuff going as well. I would really like to get it uh, to the point where we have a Discord going on during, uh, where people can listen to us record the show, and uh, essentially we have a, a chat going on where people can can interact with the show that way as well. Is that how Discord works? That is, well, it's one of the many ways Discord works. I'm supposed to teach you how Discord works? No, you don't need to teach me how Discord works, but what you're supposed to do is use that as where you set your beer down because you keep... Oh, I see. Oh, use your use your little. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I should probably pull this chair over. So we are recording in the basement of Ruby Tuesday. Um, that's probably going to continue uh, because Scott was nice enough to unlock the basement for us, and I feel real happy about being next to the uh, 2008 uh, MLS Cup champion poster um, that was signed by Siggy to the H- the Hudson Street Hooligans. So that's that, yeah, that's nice. Kind of yeah, it's like Siggy's watching over us. Exactly. Yeah. From yeah. his favorite, this was his favorite bar in Columbus. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's start talking about um, the last game, uh, which was a Tuesday night game. It was a Tuesday night game. It was, um, it was, I think the most sparsely attended game since we moved to the new stadium at the LDC. Yeah, at the LDC, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a Tuesday, and the team had not been playing all that well. Yeah, it was. It was one of those. Um, Tuesday night games, I don't really recall a lot of Tuesday night games that were non-holiday, like non-holiday moved and non-open cup or some sort of, or right. Champions League or something along those lines. And there were a lot of them this week on a, on Tuesdays. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that. Um, I, I seem to remember that, you know, historically most of our midweek matches have been on Wednesdays. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's right in the middle of the weekend. Yeah. Or the week, so. If, um, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, MajorLeagueSoccer.net was uh, being really bad right now, which is, it's rare for that website. It's usually just a... Uh, a uh, triumph in coding. <laughs> yes. um, uh, if, if it wasn't taking so long, I could actually look that information up, but instead I just have the stats uh, for the game. So, uh, talking about as far as um, as far as crew goes, uh, they they managed to pull out the win. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts on the first half? That's where I want to kind of I want to kind of start on this because it seems like. We've been playing, it seems like two different teams have been playing, and I'll kind of get to where my thought process is on this in, in just a second, but uh, it really did feel like two different games. It did, yeah, and I, I, I should confess that I left after, I left around the 77th minute. Okay. Um, because for some reason, I didn't think there were going to be any more goals. <laughs> I mean, you know, and... Well, and, and Matlock was on at 10. And Matlock was on at 10. Um, so, okay, one of the things we should point out straight off is that this match marked the return of uh, our center forward, uh, Jossie Zardes, mm-hmm. which didn't really seem to matter no. a whole lot. It did not. Yeah, in fact... I think the I think that we'd been playing for like ten minutes before I realized that Sardes was on the field. <laughs> so I I noticed I noticed him and I and he yeah. had a couple of decent looks, um, but he you know, I mean first came back. That, that's yeah I can't I can't get him you know I can't I can't be too bad you know too too far down the guy's neck. No 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 um, no, no I'm not going to complain too much about him. I one of the problems with the game, and one of the problems with the way the team tends to play is that in theory our best players or at least our best non-Jonathan Mensa players are 
um, Nagby, Zellerion, and Zardes. Mm-hmm. And individually, they're all very good players. Yeah. They don't seem to link up incredibly well mm-hmm. um, ever. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. um, I was reading on the internets the other day, and, and somebody made the excellent point that the problem is... So, going back historically, this team has, for the last 15 or so years, had a fetish for Argentinian creative attacking midfielder slash second forwards. I mean, everybody knows about Guillermo, and then um, we know about Iguain, and now we've got Zellerion. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2007-2008, we got, we got Scalato in 2007 in the mid- middle of the season, and uh, we didn't make the playoffs, but there was a, it was a completely different team after we got him. It was. Two, two, that th- was... 2008, he led the team in assists. He ran, he ran the offense. Yeah. For whatever reason, in 2009, um, Robert Varzia, who was the head coach at the time, told um, Skullutter that he wanted him to be more of a, a scorer. Yeah. And so he did. He stepped up and he scored more goals. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that 2019, to, to be fair, um, you know, and you say you say this, and it, it this is literally the reason everyone gets knocked out of the playoffs. But that that were it not for some mistakes against Salt Lake, that 2019 would have won MLS Cup because Salt oh. Lake won MLS Cup. Not, and I'm not yeah, saying that that yeah. necessarily always would translate because you can't. It's not like they yeah, go play sports consolation. Is not tra- yeah, sports go, is not transitive in that. Yeah, way. they don't. They don't go play consolation matches. And oh well, shucks, we would have won. You know, it's yeah. like if the Blue Jackets wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, you know lost to Boston after they beat after they you know swept Tampa, they they would have won the Stanley Cup. Well, cool, they didn't. Right. So so yeah, and so the point I'm trying to make is that. I don't know if people knew what we were getting when we got Zellerion. And obviously Zellerion is a great player. Yeah. And he's the guy who won us the MLS Cup last year. He is. But with Zellerion, if we thought we were getting Scalotto circa 2008, we were yeah. actually getting Scalotto circa 2009. Yeah. And that's the point I'm trying to make. The difference is Jossi Zardes is a completely different forward than Alejandro Moreno was. Yes. And... Those two players do not play as well together. And yeah. I'm not saying that it's because Zellerion doesn't play well with others like Scalotto did. I'm just saying we have three really good players in the center of the field that don't seem to be playing on the same team most of the time. I would agree with that. I think I think I, I would I would look at Zellerion especially, um, and and I was uh, so I was at the game with um, my wife, but then also uh, two of her work friends that had, I think maybe lifetime total been to about four crew games. Right. Um, so <laughs> it was uh, it was it was interesting because um, uh, one of the guys that was the guy was sitting next to me was asking me a bunch of questions, which is totally fine. That makes sense. Yeah. He, he really you know wasn't super familiar with with the team or or anybody, and I was like, watch Zellerian. If he gets a free kick um, in position of the goal, in, in, a, in a decent position, there's a good chance he's going to score. And he had a couple of really good opportunities um, that were very close. Uh, that were very close this game. Um, I, I, he's, he's a prolific... He's a prolific scorer from you know from from a penalty uh, or from you know or from a from a, a, a 
foul. He's um, a great dead ball specialist. Yes, is what you're yes, yes, I am. Yes, it's been five years since I've been a po- I've, I've, I've talked about po- uh, soccer for this long. So um, no, it's it's fine here. Oh, are you taking a picture of me? Why not? There you ah, go. Ah, it's really bright. It's really bright. Uh, yeah. That's not what I want to do. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and so uh, when you, I wish I could say. I wish I could give a more comprehensive answer to your question of what did I think about the first half compared to the second half. Um, I just, I I don't get a sense of what this team is doing a lot of the time. I I got a really good sense of what the team was doing when Burhalter was coach. Yeah. I didn't like it a lot of the time, but I understood it. Mm -hmm. I had a... A thought that I found uh, to myself to be interesting while I was walking here um, yeah. that I, I don't have the data at this point. This is something that I'm going to actually try to mine the data before we record another episode <coughs> to, to see if this this bears out. Um, but, I mean, uh, Saad Abdul Salam obviously gets subbed off in the sixth minute because of concussion protocol. He gets that, subbed on. Or, excuse me, he gets subbed on. Excuse yes, me. Yes. Uh, yeah, Santos was subbed off. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um but he gets subbed on. Santos gets subbed off. That's concussion protocol. That's a different yeah. thing. Um, doesn't take one of our subs um, to do that. We had six. We had six subs against New York um, yeah. because of the rules and uh, because of the rules where you have two concussion subs now. Um, so now we have a grand total of seven substitutions that could potentially be made in a game with an eleven-man team. Yes. As opposed to two years ago watching this game where there were three. three. Uh, and, you know, as opposed to 20 years ago where there were three and a half. If Eddie Gavin wants to come in and keep yeah, Right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I, think the, I think the 1970 World Cup was the first World Cup that had substitutions, period. Yeah, and, but, but that, okay, so, but <laughs> this is what I'm saying is, is that the game is different the game has become different in the last two years, and it's very interesting to see how coaches, especially coaches that were were successful afterwards, and, and obviously you look at Caleb Porter, he was successful both. I mean, you know, he's the first, first team to win, or first coach to win MLS Cup with the new substitution rules right. in a very weird season that, you know, it is what it is. All bets were off, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we substituted three players in the 60th minute. Yeah. And my question is, and, and I want to go back and look at this, and I know other players, I mean, New York had three substitutions. They had one substitution in the first half, and then they had uh, one in the 46th, one in the 59th. Um, so they were doing this as well. But are they you, – you had some players, and, and I would look at uh, – I, w- I would look at a guy like um, even even Duncan Otten towards the end of, of when he was playing would come in and you know with uh, 15 minutes left and, yeah. and potentially create a create an opportunity create a chance. Um, Andy Iroh was another guy at the beginning of his at the beginning of his tenure with the crew. Yeah, would come in sometimes and, and be like a like a burst player like that. Emilio Renteria. Emilio Renteria. That's another good example. But you're looking at now we have three guys that that came in with 30 minutes left. Yeah. And then we still had two more subs after that. Right. It, it fundamentally changes the game. And I'm wondering um, I'm wondering if that is a situation where 
because we we do we've we've talked so many times about these you know uh, you, just you and I obviously not on, not on the show um, but we've we've talked about these kind of tale of two half games that we've had that it, yeah. that it does it does feel like a completely different team is out there and it's not mentally because it's physically a different it's, team yes yeah I mean and, it's 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 it is a very weird thing to adjust to yeah. as a spectator who's followed the sport for a long time that there are so many substitutes now yeah and, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, is that I I assume that, you know, injuries notwithstanding and and all that sort of stuff or, you know, midweek cup games or or whatever, um, Bradley Wright Phillips was supposed to be that off the bench in the 75th minute impact player because he's 36 years old. Um, You know, and I, I... he has scored, I think, one goal for us this season. Um, he, I think you're right. Let me see if I can pull it up here He real scored, quick. last season he only scored, I think, two goals. And I don't know what was going on with him last season. The season before that, he scored eight goals. Yeah. If we were to get, if we were to get six or eight goals out of this guy this season, um, our season would look a lot different. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips, he did come in in the 87th minute. Right. Um, you know, that, that was... Uh, I think that I think that you look at you look at this. You've got fresh guys who are coming in. Um, at least with Barry, Barry as an example. Yeah. Um, with that uh, with that that final goal, you've got fresh guys coming in that are, are essentially cleaning up. Um, you know, cleaning up rebounds. Was was Nagby? Was uh, I literally just went into? So uh, Bradley Wright Phillips has 17 games played. Yeah, he started six and come off one, the bench on a one goal inside yeah. the box. With his right foot, I can find out all this information, but on the on the main screen, I couldn't find out how many goals he'd scored. Yeah, I looked it up before the uh, I looked it up before the yeah. Podcast. Okay, that that's uh, yeah. Now and and sort of to go back to what I'm saying, it's like the, yeah. these guys are not playing on the same team. Mm-hmm. Nagby's goal was fantastic. It was, and I was sitting where I have seats. I could see it like so clearly. Nagby dunked on him. Yeah, I mean he he that that was that was. That was shades of, of Chad Marshall. You know what I mean? That was the, in the in the 08 playoffs. He just he, it's just going over Brian McBride and going, "No, this is mine." Yeah. You know, that is that is exactly what that goal reminded me yes, of. Yes. But that was a completely individual goal. There was yep. in no way that was a team goal. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. But it was it was a rebound is what I was well, talking about. Yeah, he was yeah. he was coming in, he was coming in after the play and that's the thing when when Columbus can come in and and clean those shots up, can clean clean up get those those second and third chances, obviously you're more likely to score. Yeah. That that is the name of the game and that's in any sport with the exception I don't think you can do it in baseball but pretty much everywhere else um, you know if you're going in if you're going in you've got guys on the net you've got people in the right position you're going to you're going to get more you're going to get more goals yeah um yeah. and and we just don't seem to play that way Nagby did start he he was not no, he was not a sub no no Nagby was Nagby's, yes. Nagby's probably one of the few players who has started every single yeah, game yeah he's he's been going post I thought he had but I didn't want to yeah um and then so Barry comes in around like he comes in. You say in the 60th minute? No, uh, he came in the 70th. 70th. He, he okay. replaced Luis Diaz. Okay, he came in right before I left, yeah. and uh, right before um, Nagby's goal. Yeah, and I should have stayed, knowing that Barry was coming on, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't. And then a friend of mine messaged me. 
and I'm like, oh well. You, you just know. wanted to get you just wanted to get out of there before the coda stopped running, didn't you? Well, no, I drove. Um, I, but yeah, I just wanted to make. I didn't want to be out too late because because yeah. yeah. uh, you're old. Because yeah. I'm old, and work has been not so great. That's fair. That's um, fair. I'll stop being mean to you. Now. Well, no, you can be mean to me as much as you want. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pull Barry's stats up, and of oh, course, Barry has something like six goals. He's I, like I a, knew that. Yeah, I knew he had. A, he is a our second that. leading scorer after Zella Ryan. Uh, well, third then, because I think it wasn't own goals in there as well. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and then I want to say that Mensa is our third leading Is it Mensa or is, maybe it's Zardes? Zardes has very few goals. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah. Um, and so something else I want to bring up. And are we allowed to talk about Friends of the Pod? You can talk about whomever whomever you would like. Okay. Um, so, um, Friend of the Pod, Chris Lamacchia. Uh, potential potential uh, random contributor going possibly. forward. I was, I was, well, not after what I have to say about him. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> well, no. he went on a rampage after the game uh-huh. um, complaining about how Barry isn't getting enough time because Barry's scoring all these goals. And... You know, I, I, okay. And I, before the podcast, I was thinking about this in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I don't think that Porter is going to start two forwards. Yeah. I, it just, that's just not the way that he's going to play. Yeah. And this was Zardes' first potential start after being out for several games. Yeah, there is no way that he's not going to start our quote unquote starting forward. Yeah, of course. Just first, yeah. yeah. So that means that Barry doesn't get to start. Yeah. Um, while Zardes was out, Barry started a couple of games mm-hmm. and didn't score. Yeah. So I think Chris is maybe wrong. Mm-hmm. I I don't I you know I I didn't look that much into it. And Barry has scored a lot of goals, but it seems like he's scoring goals off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that starting him is really the best thing to do when we have Zardes starting. I don't know. I just I think that it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, so I'm I, trying to pull up. Um, I do think that Barry's his has does have the hot hand or however you want to put it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he should be starting because given the opportunity to start, he hasn't delivered. So he has. Um, Five goals. Five goals, okay. Um, yeah, he's got five goals at this point. Uh, but, yeah, as far as as far as far this goes, I'm looking to try to see. This is – he's played nine games, 330 minutes. He's started four games and been subbed off four times, so he's not played a full game yet. Right. Um, which makes sense for, you know, you know he's running a lot. And, and yeah. We have, and we have – Fifty thousand subs now, so it's like you know. I, I know, and I, I think, I think, I think probably whoever the third person is on the jackhammer at one point, Major League Soccer will have a new rule where they can sub in in the 80th minute, right? If somebody hurts an ankle uh, by rolling it in the grass, that that seems reasonable. That's mm-hmm. that's a fair, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, and the other thing, you know, I don't, I don't want to belabor our, the style of play or unstyle that we have, um, but. I don't get a good sense of how our forwards play because the forwards seem so disassociated from the rest of the team when we're on the field. Like mm-hmm. they don't really seem to be involved in the game. Yeah. And yeah. S- yeah. I could I 100% could see that. My my question I I'm I'm 
looking at this right now just so I make sure that I say the exact right thing as far as how many it's been. And I'm going to the absolute best source that I can, which is uh, Wikipedia. Um, so we have, in the last ten games, we have won two. Yeah, sounds about um, right, yeah. Again, have, it's not been the best run. No, we have won two games since uh, July 30th, uh, to put that in a different way. What the hell is the difference between that first... Because we only lost three games in the first 15. Well, okay. Um, something that I... Did I tweet about this last week? Or I don't remember when... I, so I, I read something or heard something on a podcast a couple of years ago. But okay, long story short, I think that the new stadium has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I read this thing a few years ago trying to explain why you get such a thing as home field advantage, mm -hmm. especially in a sport that's not baseball. Because, yeah. because baseball stadia are different. Yeah. I mean, they're just... They're all different. I mean, mm -hmm. well, there was that time in the 70s when, like, Three Rivers Stadium and Riverfront and Bush, yeah. whatever, were all the same. But that notwithstanding. Yeah, cement, uh, cement ice cream cones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the argument that was made was essentially that players, while they're on the field, use tiny little visual clues out of the corners of their eye to know exactly where they are on the field because yeah. of because even if the stadium is, you know, the same size on the, you know, on the field or roughly the same size, the stands are different. Yeah. And so you pick up little visual clues while you're running by how you see the stands. Yeah. Um and so essentially, it's a new stadium for everybody right now. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have that they don't have that like subconscious knowledge of where they are all the time like they would have last year. Well, and we're going to get back to this in just a sec, or we're going to get back to this towards the end of the podcast because I have a thing that I want to I want to talk to or talk about regarding this as well. Right. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about it as it re relates to Columbus. Um, the field is trash. The field um, is really bad. It is. It is really bad. It gets and, chewed up a lot. Well, so this is this is something that I was I was um, I've noticed with some other stadiums, some stadiums that have, have opened uh, in years past, and things along those lines. Is is that in, in when you look at the the construction timeline, you look at when the grass could go in, things along those lines. That grass at um, historic Crew Stadium number two. Um, which is, is what I refer to the previous Moffrey Stadium as, yeah. uh, because it is the second historic crew stadium. Yes. The first one is still being used by the college football team, which is good that they could recycle it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's it's real helpful. Yeah, uh, it is. Pity they couldn't beat Oregon, but, you know, whatever. Um, so my, my, my thought process there is, is and, and I would like to talk to somebody, um, maybe at some point we can get somebody from, from the grounds crew on, um, that that won't move out of town in two years uh, to talk about it. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, when you have a new stadium, that grass doesn't. It's not rooted. It's no. not. It's not nearly. You're basically putting. You're putting down sod, and it's able to get a little bit. But you look at it, and it's it's coming up in these clumps, and it's coming up in sod clumps. 
Um, and it looks like it looks like when you uh, when you hit a golf ball into a green super hard from super high up, yeah. or, or a very long shot into a green, <laughs> it does that 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 bubbly divot sort of effect. Yes, um, there are people in the in, in the sidelines that I've seen. I'm, I'm assuming they're ground screw people. I, I doubt it's volunteers from the audience <laughs> yes. that are going out when the play is at the other end and stomping the well, grass down. Okay, so while you're telling me this, because you because Matt and I are both golfers. Yes. So do you remember? I think it was a U.S. men's national team game that was played in Denver a couple of years ago during a gigantic blizzard. Yes. And they had people shoveling snow off the lines Mm -hmm. as the play was on the other end of the field. I do remember this, yes. now what I'm imagining is, you know the divot tools? (laughs) I'm imagining people with, like, gigantic divot tools (laughs) running onto the field and fixing the divots. Oh my God! I want one of those, and I want to be. I want to just. I, I want to give it to Sam Fami and yeah. just have him just run out there because he's already on the field and just yeah. fix the divots. But, but the this grass has not had because my assumption is the other the other question that I have, and and I don't. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna pose this question because I don't know the answer because I am not. A, you know who should we, we we should get on? You know who's a real good expert on on grass. Who? Snoop Dogg. That is true. Or your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was going to say there is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is is that uh, when you were at um, uh, Hunt Park, we're just going to yeah. call it Hunt Park from yes. now on. Hi, Matt Bernhardt. Yes, when you were at Hunt Park, um, there was no real obstruction to sunlight. The entire time. No. Um, obviously, the, the the grass was was tented during the winter. It was it was kept. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it had the um, it had the uh, underground uh, heating coils, which I'm assuming they still have at the at the the new stadium. Yeah, it would make no sense not to have have that field be heated. Yeah. Um, but what you didn't have at the new stadium, light obstructions. Yeah. Because that grass is not getting a full day's worth of light, no matter where it is on the field, except for maybe right in the center. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. You have, um, and I know they have grow lights, and I know they they do a lot of things along those lines, and I don't know the science behind it. Yeah. Um, I do know that this has historically been a huge problem for the San Siro, or the mm -hmm. Giuseppe Miazza Stadium in Milan. Yeah. um, Because, oh, if you hear that, well, there's a lot of ambient noise now because the AC just came on down. That there. wasn't the AC. That was the uh, the soda. Uh, oh, that was the soda. that was the that was the uh, um, that was the compressor for the uh, uh, soda gun. Okay. Um, so uh, prior to the '90 World Cup, they built another level onto mm-hmm. the San Siro, yeah, and it meant that there was a roof, yeah, kind of even obstructing more light than the roof we have, yeah, and so. Um, it's been an endemic problem. I don't know if they've solved it um, since. I don't think they have, but it's been an endemic problem in Milan for well, what uh, forty years, thirty years now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting question. It's something that I think we should you know uh, continue to address. Yeah, uh, as we as we talk about uh, a lot of different stuff. And, and and my thought process is, I mean, these people are professionals at what they do. This I don't think is going to be a situation that gets. It's not going to get worse. No. Um, I, I think it will. I think it will get better. But it's, 
I'm, I'm just, I, I want to, yeah, the, um, the last, other than, other than the one, we had the, the one win at the, the LDC until, um, you know, August against Cincinnati, which, I mean, that should have been a gimme anyway. We had the one win against New York City, and, and before that, I mean, the, the wins were all at the old stadium or away. Um, yeah. And, and really, the new stadium has kind of been an Achilles heel. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have a lot. We're, we're going to talk about the new stadium in a little bit. Um, that's that second that second segment talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, th- this is the other thing, I, and and I do want to bring this up just because I was at this game, is that we, the other super bad turf that I've seen us play on this year, like super bad, um, recently. Other than Austin was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a few other places. But Austin that were, Stadium is brand new as well. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's something. <laughs> yeah, it's fourth segment talk because uh, I have a whole theory about this. Um, not not with Austin, but with 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 new stadiums. Um, Soldier Field was absolute horseshit. Yeah, uh, it was one of the one of the worst fields that I've seen um, us play on in a very long time. It was like it was like when they put um, when they put turf on top of the fake grass in Seattle for the national team. Yeah. It, it was, it was what they should, they could have covered the field in gelatin and it might have done better. Right, right. Um, and, and that was, that was another one. They, they couldn't find their footing. They couldn't do that. So I, I think that I, I don't want to just be like, oh, it's the turf's fault. I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming that, but I, I am curious about the you know, the, the, the way that the players react to that. I, well, I think, I mean, I think what we're getting to is that there's probably a confluence of factors. The, the, the ground is poor. Well, and, and for those who don't know, um, Historic Crew Stadium 2 yes. uh, generally was considered had the best playing surface in the league. It, it, it was routinely given that award. You right. Know, like, like, they, I mean, and I have played on that field. Yeah. And it is... It's like playing on the nicest carpet mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is. It's a pretty hard surface. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's but it's just it is like a putting green. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is disappointing that 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 surface is gone now. Yeah, um, because and and I understand why. Um, it's the training ground. Your your it's it's the training ground. You you don't want to hire. You don't want to have two ground screws, and it's going to be tore up all the time for your uh, Sonic Temples of the world and your Breakaway Music Festivals of the world. And and um, one would assume that like all the high school soccer championships are going to be played there as well. Yeah, and all that stuff. Probably some football ones too. I would yeah, see. I, I could see that. I mean, it's it's the ones that that aren't big enough to go to the shoe. Yeah, you know, or or that they don't want to rent out the shoe for. I could see them playing some of that there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's they're 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 looking for tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to rent rent it out for a wedding, a bar mitzvah, uh, call Phil Goldfarb. He can, yeah, he can yeah, 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 yeah. Phil so, can get you taken care of. He will. Yeah. So, um, do we want to wrap up? Uh, yeah, let's go to break. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we are going to come back. Segment two. We are going to go to. Uh, I did get. I did get one thing in the mailbag this week. Uh, oh so we boy. are going to go. We are going to go to the mailbag, uh, and then let's talk about the LDC. Uh, yeah, because I want to find. Uh, I want to find out your thoughts on it uh, more than <laughs> what you've told me when you were passed out drunk. Um, Okay. We'll be back momentarily. Surprise from Dover.
segment of the Pros from Dover is brought to you by Champley Steakhouse, home of the free knives. Hi, Matt. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm just great. Uh, so we are back. Um, we don't have any commercials, so uh, I don't know why we take breaks, but I think we just do it so we can pee and I just, I just get more whiskey. A, I just and... wanted to take a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got whiskey? I got whiskey upstairs, yeah. Mm. They have whiskey here. Do you want some whiskey next no, time? No, I'll be fine. Yeah, you made the you made the mistake of driving. Yeah, I know, I know. It's not my it's not my fault. So yeah, um, I want to talk about this segment, uh, Lower.com Field, the LDC, the LDC. Our yeah, mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. <laughs> um, so we got a new stadium. We do um, have a new stadium. We got a new stadium. It's 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 kind of old at this point. It's <laughs> it's been around for uh, what uh, two months? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. July. Third, yeah, was the first, yeah, yeah. So Tom little, Cruise's birthday, by the way. Well, good for good for fucking him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the fun part. Now that we're not affiliated with any sort of sports blogs, we can swear. Yes, I mm. know, and I can tell you how I really feel about the stadium. Ooh, neat. Yes. Um, so I will say this, um, and and this is this is my unadulterated first first look opinion. Uh, when I walked in, is that, and, and I heard this echoed by a, a lot of people. I think um, uh, Morgan Hughes said something very similar. Uh, a few other people did as well. Uh, it's the nicest away game I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, that's, that's yeah. Um, so I have, I have feelings about the stadium that I have, yeah. I have spread vociferously yeah. to people who care and don't care. Um, I'll say this. Um, it really, it feels like a real European football stadium mm-hmm. when you get in there and there's a match going on and it's noisy and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that the attendance is so good. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I hope that it stays that way. Mm-hmm. I fear that it won't. Yeah. But that's another story for another day. Well... So the the thing is, and, and one of the things that they, uh, in one of the articles that I was looking at, that they said um, that they were trying to replicate Craven Cottage. Uh, if, if Craven Cottage was essentially built now. Yeah. Um, I, I have, uh, I've been to Craven Cottage. It's beautiful. Oh, I love Craven Cottage. Yeah, it's, it's right it's on the River fun, Thames. It's a fun place to watch a game. Um, it is, it's obviously not over a hundred years old so it's very hard to compare the two but stylistically um kind of the the what they were going for i think they did it um i do have uh some gripes yeah i mean i have gripes um i'm going to relay to you how i feel emotionally about the stadium okay and um for those of you who have never seen the tv show the sopranos um, spoilers ahead. It took me a little while. It took me a couple of matches to realize I feel like uh, Livia Soprano. Okay. And if you've never seen The Sopranos, Tony Soprano is the main character and Livia was his mother. Mm-hmm. And the main story arc for season one was Tony moving his mother out of the house she had lived in the entire time she had been married, the entire time that she had raised her children, into a really, really, really nice retirement community. Mm -hmm. And she hated him for it. Yes. And conspired to have him killed. Yes. She was a little mentally unbalanced, but again, spoilers. I mean, that seems... Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about 
lower.com field. Yes. I feel like I've been moved out of my home against my will to a place that is objectively much nicer, yeah. but will never feel like home. Yeah. Ever. I mean, I thought about this a lot earlier today when I was sort of mentally getting prepared for this podcast. And I can say with, with all like complete honesty that there is no place or there was no place where I felt more like I was at home than at crew stadium other than my actual home. Yeah. And I don't think that I'm ever going to have that again. And that pisses me off. That's fair. Yeah. That's a hundred percent fair. I I got, so I went to, um, to, to divulge from soccer for a second, but, or diverge from soccer for a second, but, but to, to keep on the on the topic, um, I went to uh, the Green Day Fallout Boy concert that was at Historic Crew Stadium 2, Hunt Park, yeah. um, <coughs> a month and a half after the last game. Yeah. And I very much enjoyed the show. It was weirdly emotional. For me, yeah, it I was weirdly that. emotional, and it was weirdly like I'm still. It's it's I don't want them. I did not want them, and and I'm I'm not advocating for this at all uh, to like tear the place down or anything along those lines. But it's that place where I hung out for a very long time is still there. Yeah. But I can't go there and hang out. Yeah. Um, it. I'm trying to think of, of a good way to, like, like a good metaphor, and I think that might be the best one, but... Well, it's, um, like, it's like anytime I drive by the house that I owned when I was married. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Actually, I can think of a good metaphor now that I now that I, I sat here for a half a second because we're sitting in the original Hudson Street Hooligans bar. Right. And the second Hudson Street Hooligans bar is still a physical place. Um, it is now full of offices for a uh, workers' advocacy group, and they, they seem to be doing good things. Yeah, I have, good I have for them. Against yeah. them. Uh, they did not steal the bar from anybody. They The, the bar was... Uh, told to leave and, and yeah. they came in and and and, and took yeah. the area and but i the, loved that bar that bar wasn't around for 20 years i understand i understand but i'm trying to think of the i know no i the only I, thing I that i can think of where it's like it's like that is a place that i really enjoyed hanging out and it's still there it's not like uh like tommy keegan's it just isn't there anymore. right like or, the building's still there but there's nothing from it right it's, inside it's, it's not like clotta it's not like we're Martin Blank and our childhood home is now a convenience store. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You can never go home again open, but I guess you can shop there. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> and, and in full disclosure, for those of you who don't know us, both Matt and I live within easily within walking distance of Historic Crew Stadium 2. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that, too, is that this new stadium... And Historic Crew Stadium 1. Yeah, and historic, I yeah. look pretty close to that one too. Yeah, and this new stadium, it's a little harder to get to. Um, and one of the one of the gripes I have about it as well. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say now by design because it clearly had to be by design. I cannot do what I really liked doing in Historic Crew Stadium Two slash Hunt Park, and that was at halftime. I would walk. I would do a walk 
around the circumference of the upper causeway of the stadium yeah. and just say hello to dozens of people I knew. Yeah. I can't really make that walk in the new stadium. I mean, you can technically, but you have to climb up a bunch of stairs and you have to go through these corridors and it's just it's not it's not a thing that you can do the way that I did it for pretty much every home match as a ritual for over a decade. Yeah. Um and I'm actually double checking something here real quick. So this brings up an interesting point as well, and this brings up something that I, I, I feel like was a miss with the with the new stadium. Um, there is one concourse in the yeah. new stadium. This stadium has almost the exact same um, amount of seats yeah. as Nationwide Arena. Yeah. Which is a dual concourse stadium. Mm-hmm. That basically cuts the amount of people trying to fight for concessions, trying to fight for a bathroom, trying to fight for, uh, you know, uh, the ability to purchase merch, just to get around each other in half. Now, Hockey Arena has a much smaller footprint, so that's understandable, but at the same time, it would have been real nice. Yeah. And if you're building a... You know, a dream, quote-unquote, dream stadium. If you're building a stadium that, you know, that is is going to last for the next, you know... Well, the last one lasted for over 20 years. Well, yeah. There's no reason to assume this one won't last that long, too. <laughs> well, there's always Toyota Park in Chicago, so... Well, yes, that's true. Um, but I, I, but I, we're I, not Chicago. We are not. Um, but it's on, such a, it's on such a small footprint. And it is, when, when the games are full... It is a nightmare to try to use the restroom, get concessions, and get back to your seats. Right, yeah. And and even Historic Crew Stadium 2 had two concourses, kind of. Yeah. You know, there was a horseshoe concourse, and then there was a full concourse. Yeah, yeah. This one doesn't. And I feel like that was a miss. I do as well. And my other gripe is, for a lot of good reasons... People complained about the location of mm-hmm. Hunt Park yeah. because, well, okay. One thing I will say about it is, it really was conveniently located in terms of getting there by the highway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very conveniently located. Yeah, there were traffic problems getting in and out, but that wasn't really the fault of the stadium. That was the fault of the people who were directing traffic. I mean, that was the fault of, and you could say this for the new stadium as well, that was the fault of railroad companies that didn't want to work with the city. Well, yeah. Um, well, I think it's a, I think it's the fault of the city that doesn't really want to work with the team to actually make it easy to get in and out. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I do. That is that is a weird. And we will we will say more nice things about the stadium. Well, because there are nice things to are, say about this stadium. There are nice things um, to say about I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. And if you yeah. haven't been, go. Yes. Um, but I... I but to get back to the location, you know, one of the complaints is that there's nothing to do around Hunt Park. Yes. And that's true. Yeah. I mean, it, well, you know, I spent an, I spent a really nice day buying new tires mm-hmm. um, and hanging out at the tailgate mm-hmm. while my while my car was getting new tires. Did you get nitrogen inflation? No. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> yeah. Then you but, screwed yeah, up. Yeah. But other than that, you know, I guess you could go to Lowe's. But... The point I, I mean, make, getting stopped, getting stabbed in that Aldi parking lot is um, yeah, true. It's highly rated on TripAdvisor. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
but the thing about the new stadium is, yes, to get there, you pass by a bunch of bars and restaurants and things like that, but none of them are actually really very close to the stadium. You can, there's not like there's not like a bar next door to the stadium. And there's there one. Were, well, there's Betty's. There's Betty's. But it's that's not even next door. I that's mean, like, to be fair, yeah. that, and that that is a block away from the entrance. And what I will I will play devil's advocate here because they are um, the stadium was was phase one. Um, they are going to be building a uh, bunch of shitty condos on the second, third, fourth, however many floors of the developments that they're building, and then the first floor will be commercial. Okay, and that's, um, so it mixed you, that's that's yeah. fine, but but right now it's not like there's a whole lot of stuff to do around yeah. the stadium. True story. Yeah. Um, it, it, one of the things that I, uh, I I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to some things that I like about the stadium just because... Um, it is both of our reputations to just shit on things relentlessly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm trying to not make this podcast uh, just us shitting on things. No, because, that would be um, bad. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. But but I mean, everything you brought up is valid. I'm just, I, I, I want to try to point counterpoint some of this. Um, one thing that I will say that that is, you know, there there is not a lot of stuff directly next to the stadium. Yeah. But there are, there is a bunch of stuff within a 20 minute walk. Oh yeah, yeah, which is which is, I mean, you have uh, where where I've been pre gaming a lot of the time. You've been pre gaming there. Charbar is is twenty minutes front door to front door yeah. as far as as far as that goes. You can get from the Grandview Yard via the bike path to the stadium door to door in twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, you can get from a lot of Franklinton. This needs to be fixed, in my opinion. Um, is that there is a lot of spots where um, Brewdog, Land Grant, uh, Rehab, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, because there is no direct bridge access, there, there's a railroad bridge there, but there is nothing else that's directly uh, makes it able makes you able to, to get right across the river. Also, parking-wise, because they are building a lot of parking garages in Franklinton in that area. If there was a bridge right across the river somewhere in there, even a pedestrian bridge, yeah. I mean, it would have to be a pedestrian bridge. There's no roads. But if, if there was a pedestrian bridge right in there, I think that would alleviate a lot of the parking problems. I think that would also alleviate, um, you know, not, not alleviate, but but give, you know, give some more pre-gaming opportunities for both food and beverage. They're also building all of those units in the old Cosi parking lots. Um, that entire thing is under construction, and it's going to be it's going to be madness when it's done. Yeah. Um, but uh, Franklinton is is, is it's now a work. F- it's a work in progress. It's now fully gentrified. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Is, <laughs> yeah, I was down there. I'm not, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advocating gentrification. I'm just. I'm just saying both sides of that. You yeah, know what I, I mean? was for some reason a couple of weekends ago. I decided that I wanted to go watch soccer in a bar, and I realized that a bar. I know. And um, I went to that place on, I'm not going to name it, uh, but that place on 5th and Grandview, and they weren't open. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I'm actually trying to figure out which one. It's the one across the street from McDonald's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't open. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I ended up going to Land Grant. Okay. And I was the only person in there watching soccer. Uh Uh-huh. So I guess that's just not a thing that people do in Columbus anymore unless you go to Fido. I don't think that's true. Um, there, there are definitely pockets. Um, there are certain places that uh, 
I mean, Fido is Fido is definitely a thing. I, I was at Fido. Um, I was at Fido Dublin a few weeks ago. Yeah, I didn't having, even know there was a Fido Dublin until yeah. you told me a couple. Monty's doing a great job with it. Well, so good, you know, good on him. Yeah. Um, and it's a real nice. It's a real nice little spot. Um, yeah, I don't. Fido obviously is open. Three Legged Mayor isn't there anymore. I know that. Um, uh, oh, and now I'm gonna f- forget the name of the place. Um, it's on Gay Street. Is it McClellan's? No, that's not. That's not. There's the right like one. something Malone's or yeah, what Pub Mahone. That Mahone, is it. I'm, yeah. McClellan's is McClellan's is the Liverpool bar that's in Dublin. Pub Mahone is the West, West Ham, Ham bar, bar that is on Gay Street. I was conflating yeah. the two. Yeah, um, they're both open for uh, for EPL. Uh, I don't know if it's for every game or just those. I know that. Um, uh, Point Tavern, where our good friend John Winland is the manager, yeah. is open for all the Arsenal matches. So there, there are spots still, but it has, as as it is with, um, you know, with the stadium, the the landscape has changed a lot in the last, I would say, the last two years, in in Columbus as far as where people go, and some of that unfortunately is because of of closures, because of of the pandemic, or, right? Yeah, or I mean, because for- of. You know, yeah, and this is this would be an interesting topic for uh, a, a, a future pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I will say that that I think is very much a positive, even though it's not a complete positive, is that parking is a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. A park, I mean, it, you, you what do we pay? Seventeen, twenty bucks to park at the at the old stadium. I literally never parked at that. Well, stadium. I would I would sometimes go with a person who drove, and that's how I would know that. I think I think that it was fifteen or twenty, but I I've. I also never paid attention. Yeah, um, it, it when I when I went Tuesday night it was ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, which you know. Well, there there are f- places where if you're willing to walk a little bit, it's free. Yeah, um, there are plenty of places that if you're willing to walk, you know, fifteen minutes, it parking's free. More parking is, and that's the other thing is is go if you go if there's a Sunday game, uh, meters are free. Yeah. So if you can find a spot that's got meters that you're not. Um, you know, dealing with um, dealing with street sweeping or anything along those lines, you can park downtown for free, yeah, um, yeah. and and that's the that is definitely a difference as well. Um, you don't have the fairgrounds controlling parking costs. You don't have a monopoly on parking, um, so that that is that is helpful yeah. as well. I'm and I'm also really glad that because I would often walk to the stadium. Down the old stadium, down Seventeenth. Yeah, and I'm really glad that they were able to recreate as closely as possible <laughs> the un, the unpleasantness of walking underneath a railroad bridge and dodging broken glass. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that is that is the funniest. It, it's it's you have a stadium. You had a stadium that essentially had two pinch points to get out as a pedestrian, um, but. The vast majority of the people had parked and already dispersed, so it wasn't a big deal at the old stadium. You now have hardly any lots that are inside um, the non-railroad area, and yeah. you have one pinch point for twenty thousand people. I know it's hilarious. Oh my god, it is, and it and it's one of those things where I don't know how to fix it um, because. It's just you can't you're never you can't di- you can't divert the river. That's not a thing. That's that's the river is just the river. On the other side, you have railroads that Columbus could 
figure out, but they choose not to. Um, you know, you can build underpasses. Underpasses are a thing. There used to be roads that intersected those railroads yes, uh, back did. in the day, um, but we just don't do that anymore. And you can do that without harming rail traffic. Um, but that's a topic. That's a topic definitely for a different. A different that podcast. very much is. Yeah, yes. that's that's a that's a. Um, I will say this. I like um, just just to get back on on nice things. Yeah. Uh, for a little bit. Um, I feel like the the bathrooms were done very well. I feel like they, um, quite honestly, there's not nearly as much uh, of a queue. Um, it it gets taken care of quicker uh, because they are larger. They they're are, larger. They're, 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 there's hot water. Yeah, hot water's which, nice. Which, which wasn't all that nice the home game before this last one when it was like 110 degrees and I really just wanted to splash cold water on my face and I'm like, damn you modern conveniences. <laughs> that is better for washing your hands though. It is, definitely. <clears throat> the other thing that I'll say um, is that I do I do like the, the uh, fact that you really don't have to get metal detected. I've only been flagged by the robots once. Um, and it was a pretty painless, like, hey, what's in your left pocket? And I pulled out my headphones, and they were like, oh, that's not a knife. And then they let me go through. So yeah. that that isn't... I, I think that that's, uh, that's nice. The self-scanning, I think, is nice. Um, I do not like the fact that it is... It seems to only be mobile only. Um, I feel like, and, and I've talked about this... Uh, I talked about this actually on, on Massive Report a few years ago when Cincinnati went to mobile only, um, and I, I stand by this, is I feel like it um, creates a uh, certain class, uh, certain, oh, it certain socio does, yeah. socioeconomic class that can go to the game, and, and it uh, excludes anyone of a lower socioeconomic class. Uh, from going to the game because now the price of admission is not only uh, what you pay for tickets, uh, but also a you know five hundred dollars smartphone or right. or whatever, whatever yeah, uh, whatever whatever your your specific brand of smartphone costs and and uh, anybody um, who would say that uh, well if somebody's poor why are they going to a soccer game uh, my answer to that would be fuck you. People who are poor are allowed to do things for fun once in a while as well. Um, Absolutely. People who are poor are allowed to have luxury in their life every once in a while and allowed to be entertained. And uh, that's it. I, and, and and go ahead. Go ahead and at me. I'd love that. Well, no, no, no. I completely agree with you. No, I, not you. Obviously. I mean, I'm talking about anybody but that's I, listening I, that disagrees with me there. So, I... I personally like the mobile ticketing ninety five percent of the time. I, I think the mobile ticketing, mobile ticketing in and of itself, there is there is nothing wrong with that. I think but that making mobile, it mandatory. mobile ticket exclusivity. Yes, is I the have, issue. Yes. yes, the last game was the, was the five percent of the time that I have not enjoyed mobile ticketing. Yeah. and part of it was my fault because typically what I do is I download my ticket to Google Pay. Yeah, I take a screenshot of it. And then I use either the screenshot or I use Google Pay. This yeah. is the first time that I never did a screenshot of it. Yeah. And I'm about to walk through the turnstile. I open up Google Pay, and Google Pay tells me it needs to update before I can use it. Yeah. And 
Because there were 15,000 other people using that cell phone tower at the same time. It took yeah. five minutes for Google Pay to update. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, that's um, that was a problem. Bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I can tell you what a friend of mine did. What's that? Uh, because he was unused to mobile ticketing, and this was a couple of seasons ago. And so when I explained to him that he had to, to scan his phone, he printed out his tickets took a photo of it and tried to get into the stadium that way. <laughs> this this person this person will be listening to this podcast yeah. at some point. Hi so, Graham. No, it's not Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm he will remain kidding. Nameless. I'm All right. just kidding. So do we have more to talk about with the stadium? I mean it's a it's a great stadium. Oh it's beautiful. Yeah. I just don't think I'm ever gonna feel as emotionally attached to it. As I was the old stadium. The only other, um, and I will say, I will say, it's not even a gripe. It's just a like really, like that sort of thing is all of the trophies are in the most expensive uh, pay to enter area. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah, all the trophies are in the. Um, I think it's called the River Club. Oh um, yeah. You know what? Just. Put them behind glass on both sides. Make the gla- make raise them up so that they actually look nice. So that if you're walking out, if the plebes who paid for you know the uh, whatever whatever dollar a game, the forty dollar a game tickets, you yeah. know, if they want to see the trophy, they don't have to um, you know look look past the people eating their champagne and sipping their caviar. Yes, yes, I yeah. said that wrong. I did, but, yeah, I know. But I don't. I didn't. I wasn't even aware of this. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a lot of crew history built into the stadium. The the I, that yeah, you you brought that up as well. Um, the the Circle of Honor is now outside the stadium. Yeah, I have I don't even know that I've seen it. It's it's in the well, it's in the Nordeca entrance. So okay, it's I'm, it's I, yeah. I've been to that end once, and it was when I ran into you and Greg. Yeah, I went to that end once uh, when I was giving Greg a uh, the nickel tour of the stadium. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know this again. I don't want to belabor this, but this is a fundamental gripe um, with the stadium: is that for me, going to a crew game was much more than just watching the team play. Yeah. It was seeing two hundred of my closest friends. That I would only see at crew games. Yeah. And I literally never interact with anyone other than the people who are in direct vicinity of where I sit, except for this one guy whose daughter is in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, they now have seats in that wheelchair section that I walk by as I walk to my seats. Yeah. 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 And he used to sit like, Right, like right behind us in the yeah. old stadium. I don't interact with. I never see people that I know mm-hmm. in the stadium anymore. Yeah, I I don't as much. Um, I have a handful of people that have tickets near me, and there's there's a decent amount of pre gaming that goes on. Um, I felt like this was going to be a thing when this stadium opened. Anyway, I felt yeah. like it wasn't going to be um, as close. But I think that that also. I know I know a lot of people that have. I'll, I'll uh, as an example. I know a lot of people that have Blue Jacket season tickets. 
a mm-hmm. lot of people. I do not. Um, I would like to. They are very expensive. Um, when I go to a Blue Jackets game, I see a handful of them. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've kind of written this off as, like, it just, it's not, um, it's not the same thing as it used to be. Uh, it's never going to be. Um, no. and, and and what I will say, and, and what I've, I've said on other things as well, uh, and I've, I've cribbed this from a handful of different people, but I, I firmly believe that nostalgia is a toxic impulse. Um, just because something is the way it used to be doesn't necessarily make it better. Um, there are there are things that that could empir- that are empirically better that are older, but just because they happened to you when you were young does not necessarily make it so. Yes. Um, and and so I don't want to be that guy that is um, sitting here saying that everything that happened at the old stadium was fantastic. There's a lot of things that happened in the old stadium that were not fantastic. It was, you know, I mean, okay. You know, let us be completely fair about it. Yeah. The stadium was built on the cheap by the owner with no outside money because we needed a stadium and we needed it fast. We need a stadium or we're not going to have a team. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for that, it did its job great. Yeah. Otherwise, it was like... Just about the nicest high school football stadium I've ever been to. <laughs> still nicer than uh, San Jose's first stadium. Still nicer than Toyota Park. Uh, still nicer than a lot of the stadiums built after it, in my opinion, um, due to sight lines and due to yeah. things like that. But also the scoreboard cut on fire. Yes. But also um, the old owner couldn't be bothered to chip the mold off the uh, stairs um, the year that he announced he was going to sell the team or move the team. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, there, there were there were good things and bad things. So right. Um, I I guess I guess my big complaint is I don't know why they couldn't have kept more of the good things mm-hmm. because for the amount of money they spent on it. I think they could have done a little bit better job. That's fair. Unless yeah. you have the last word on this. Uh, well, we're going to go to break. Yes. It is a beautiful place yeah. to watch a game. We're the pros from Dover, and we'll be right back. Hi, we're back. This is Section 3, Phase 3, whatever you want to call it. I'm uh, supposed to be the host. Yeah, but I want to get this over with before I start sundowning. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yes. yeah that makes sense. <laughs> okay. okay, well, uh, welcome back. It is uh, segment three of the Pros from Dover. Uh, we forgot to do mailbag in segment two, so this is the one uh, question that we've gotten so far. Uh, remember, uh, you can hashtag it finestkind uh, if you want us to find it, um, or uh, you can just tweet it directly at us. Or I'm sure by the time this comes out, we'll have a Gmail address. My assumption is it will be very similar to our Twitter uh, handle, and uh, we'll get that taken care of. Um, or you can uh, wrap a brick with $100 bills and throw it through my front window, and uh, we will also answer those questions. So um, just don't do it with my cats in the window, because then I, I will find you. Yeah. Um, and and don't throw it through my front window because you'll hit my roommate. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is from um, friend of the show, Tony Galifo. Hey, Tony. And uh, his question is as follows. Does anything about soccer make Jim happy? 
Well, Tony, not since the cruisers left. <laughs> I want to talk about the cruisers for a second. As adamant as I am, and as much as I want them to bring back the bullpen car in baseball. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, no. Cruisers were fine. Whatever. I know, they, I, they, I, seem, I, they seem to all be very nice ladies. I, I have nothing against them. They had really cool boots. Uh, that's about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, is there anything about soccer that makes me happy? Yeah. You, actually, you know what? Last night, I was watching a YouTube video where they showed Thierry Henry um, looking at goals that had been scored in, like, like in kids' leagues or, like, Sunday, like, rec leagues. Oh. And some of these goals were marvelous. Yeah. Like there were bicycle kicks off of volleys. And there was one like 12-year-old kid who basically took the ball and ran the, through the opposing team the full length of the pitch. You hear that, Morgan Hughes? Pitch. <laughs> and scored a goal. And Henri described it as a goal and a half. So, yes, there are plenty of things about soccer that I really enjoy. Nice. Yeah. Um any videos, uh, any video, uh, YouTube highlight videos of just capos getting wanged in the back of the head by uh, stray shots? You know what? I don't talk about your porn. You don't talk about mine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the Nats. Um, this is the next thing. This is the thing that I wanted to bring up um, about the uh, national team schedule. Um, there is a, a glut of home games coming up. Um, and I'm not going to, um, I already had the, the rants on Twitter about this. I'm not going to gripe about the location of USA Mexico or anything along those time lines, but this is a, this is a, um, difficult, um, difficult group of, of games at this point. Um, the one thing that I will say about this and, and that I'm really kind of curious at this point. So, we play Jamaica uh, in Austin on the 7th of, of October. Um, go away to Panama, come back, and we play home here against Costa Rica. We play home uh, in Cincinnati against Mexico. We have scheduled three games in a row at three brand new stadiums absolutely trash surfaces. Yeah, that's not something I actually thought about. In against now Jamaica is not having a good qualifying run right now. Yeah. Um they are playing poorly, but Jamaica traditionally is a a quality opponent. Um Yeah, they're pretty good. And we have we have yeah, we've scheduled 3 in a row. Obviously because oh, brand new stadiums. Makes sense, in a way. Um, I'm terrified about these home games. Is it because, and this is going to sound a little chauvinistic, mm -hmm. is it because you think that maybe these other countries are used to playing on crappy surfaces more than we are? I don't know if it's that. I think that we are definitely not used to that in big games. We are not used to playing... Um, on on poor surfaces in large games where we need to come up and and we need to win. Yeah, when um, they're home games. Yeah, when they're home when they're home games. Yeah, uh, and I and I understand. I mean, um, 
say what you want about, you know, and, and, and honestly, the, the surface wasn't super great for the game in Nashville either. Um, there were there were some issues there, but it was not <laughs> nearly as bad. Um, yeah, I'm worried. Well, know. yeah, I, you know, I, I had not given that any thought. Um, right now, we're third in qualifying, mm-hmm. uh, which the top three teams in CONCACAF qualify. So, yep. you know, if if results were to hold, we would be in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of soccer to be played. There's a lot of soccer to be played, and there's a lot <laughs> of soccer against... I mean, what... Okay. Again, Jamaica... <coughs> excuse me. Jamaica have not had the best qualification, um, but they're a good team. Yeah, they are. Uh, um, Costa Rica are a good team. Mexico are obviously a good team. Yes. So, and Mexico is going to take this shit seriously. I mean, they're going to take it really seriously. Well, more Me- seriously than the Gold Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico. Um, I think I think that they took 2016 more seriously than they ever had taken any other match because it was however many days after the presidential election. And I think that there was uh, a very... Um, oh, does this play into your theory about how Donald Trump destroyed U.S. soccer? Yes, but th- I, that's going to be a magazine article for later. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think that that... <laughs> Cracknut Weekly? Yes. Okay. Um <laughs> But I mean, Panama almost beat Mexico. Yeah, yeah. The other week, you know, like that's that's, and we have to go away to them, and that, that is the that's the stretch that we have: home Jamaica, away Panama, home Costa Rica, home Mexico, and they're all three on poor surfaces, all three in brand new stadiums. Yeah, I I wish I had more to add other than I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no, I yeah, um, that's my concern. That's that's. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, October 7th is the game in Austin. Um, yeah. I hope, uh, believe it or not, I hope that uh, the people of Austin have a good showing. I hope that uh, the team does well um, because I, I do want to see the U.S. make the World Cup. Um, I'm not that petty of a bitch. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's always nice when they play in the World Cup. Yeah. I'm not... Entirely enthusiastic about this upcoming World Cup. Yeah, but. this also this World Cup's also going to be garbage, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I thought the last World Cup was going to be garbage, and the U.S. not being in the World Cup, notwithstanding Italy not being in the World Cup, notwithstanding the Netherlands not being in the World Cup, notwithstanding, was possibly the most enjoyable World Cup I've ever seen. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but. I, you know, I don't want to get into the whole thing about about Cotter and and FIFA and all that. I, yeah, I really don't. But um, I think I think those those that particular brand of geopolitical uh, <laughs> politics has been uh, hashed up quite a bit. Yeah, in the last however many years. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think we're good. But yes, I do share your concerns. It's going to be an interesting ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll go from that into uh, there is a crew game uh, on Saturday. Yes. Uh, it's gonna be against New England. Um. Holy shit! What the fuck? How's New England good again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Um. It, I will. Ju- I, I want to say this first off, just because it's something that I like saying. 
I know that New England are a conference rival. Yeah. New England are probably the only MLS team that I, other than Columbus, that I don't hate. Yeah. Um, and I think it's possibly because the only MLS player in MLS history whom I really liked, who wasn't yeah. a crew player, was Steve Ralston. And I always thought he was a class act and all that. That's fine. So, yeah, yeah so... Um, I you know so I have this weird relationship. Uh, 2008, when I was in LA for MLS Cup, I ended up um, having a couple of drinks with this um, couple from who were New England fans who were there for the match and the supporters summit, I assume. And they were like the only people. They were the only other team's fan who were nice to me that whole weekend. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult for me to get all riled up about New England, but yeah, they're very good. And I don't know how it happened. It's interesting because, so they have 47 goals for. Yeah. Um, they have 20, uh, 29 goals against, mm-hmm. uh, which is the same amount of goals Columbus has scored. But, okay, yeah. two things. One, we can assume it's not because of their absolute first-rate ownership group. Um, <laughs> no, it is, it is. however, uh, probably because of the fact that their first-rate goalkeeper keeps getting called up to the national team. Yes. But yeah, also, I mean, the goals against part. Uh, yeah, they yeah. also have, and I think I'm getting this right, possibly the best coach in the history of American soccer. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. I agree with you, though. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's I don't know how much that has to do with, um, with how well they're doing, but, I mean, it's got to be one reason. This is the other thing that is, is super – they're 10-1-1 at home. Yeah. 10-1-1 at Gillette fucking stadium. And 7-3-3 on the road. That's not... That's just a good team. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, that's... I... So hmm. we're saying we're probably not going to win this game. I mean, we could because weird things happen with the crew this season. We could? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we... I'm trying to think who we have injured who hasn't been like I mean like we know Artur is not going to play in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valenzuela is not going to play in this game. Yeah, I mean we know this is. But is is Santos? Is he going to be fit? Do we I, know? We don't know yet. I, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think almost everybody had a midweek game as well. I think so. So I don't think that that's going to be like a real mm-hmm. like a real issue as far as that goes. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, that's weird. It's, well, at this point in the season, especially after an international break, well, wait, we don't take international breaks in no, this country. No, of course not. No. I keep forgetting that. Um, yeah. but I think at this point in the season, playing a match on a Tuesday and then playing another match on a Saturday is not too onerous, especially yeah. with the substitution law yeah. that we have now. I do want to uh, point out one more thing before we uh, go into it. Um uh, just, just so uh, if you if you look at the table backwards, uh, the the race to the wooden spoon, as you will, um, Toronto on fifteen points. Yeah. Uh, then you go to Austin on nineteen points. Uh, then you go to Cincinnati on twenty points, um, <laughs> and then you go to uh, Houston and Chicago and New York Red Bull on twenty three points. So. The aristocrats. Um, I yeah, I know. This is this is the the east and the west this year are the the haves and the have-nots, but backwards the, from what they normally are. The east is 
in my opinion, probably the better conference. Um, and but but everybody only has two out of conference games. So how do you really know? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So um, I don't know what else we got. I don't really have a whole lot other than I I had not noticed that Nashville have forty one points. Yeah, for fuck's sake, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, Nashville, Orlando, NYCFC are the the uh, two through four Eastern Conference teams. Um, and they've all played less games than uh, Columbus. Yeah, I, I don't understand, but whatever. Um, I keep forgetting Miami has a team, even though they beat us last week. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's very weird to think that they have a team. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't understand this league. And all the, you know, it can be all sorts of things. And, okay, imagine you're a, an Orlando City fan. Or, you're, or, or well, okay. Um, or you're an Orlando City fan, or you're a, um, I don't know, a, a Colorado Rapids fan. Yeah, the, the Colorado that's Rapids, better. that's be, a team, right? I'd be fine with that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's this team, Columbus, who... who <laughs> Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. So Dave's not here, man. <laughs> yeah. I. I sorry. What? Soccer? <laughs> I'm real high right now. Sorry. What? So my point being, you wanted me to imagine I was a Colorado Rapids. <laughs> yeah, it's and, true. Yes. And weed's legal there. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. So what? my point being that you're you're a fan of a team. Hmm. Um, that leads you to not pay a whole lot of attention to Columbus Crew. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- th- there was a reason why Columbus Crew were the talk of the league a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but then last year, there really wasn't a reason for us to have been a big talk of just random conversations. Not by until people the playoffs. Who, no. Yeah. No. Um, but we got this guy, um, Zeller Ryan. He yeah. just lit up the playoffs. Yeah. And so uh, he was not a known quantity in America. Mm-hmm. He's a great player, but he was not a known quantity in America. There are, you know, how many teams have a player like Zeller Ryan who's just breaking out yeah. in some random season or other? Um, and that's, I guess, what's maybe what's going on with some of these teams. I don't know. I don't... I, I, I wish I watched more. Well, no, I don't wish I watched more MLS soccer. To be honest, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm no, for those for those who have not listened to me on podcasts before. I am notorious for my complete apathy of Major League Soccer when it doesn't have anything to do with Columbus Crew. Yeah, I don't give a shit either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 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 seen three MLS Cups, and all three I was in attendance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bougie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was what, 2002? Two. Yeah. 2008 and 2015. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, okay, I think we've... <laughs> I think we've ground this one into the dust because I really got nothing about why. I mean, we're going to lose to Montreal because they're good and we're not. Well, we play New England first. I mean, New England. Yeah, then Montreal's gonna... next week. we got to talk about Montreal after this. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to lose. Sorry, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Well, on a positive note, uh, we'll be back. Um, we're going to figure out when we're going to actually record this, like on a regular clip. Uh, we'll go from there. Um 
God, there's a camel cigarette ad back to, down here. That's how that's how long this place has been. Wow. Yeah. I've never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. God, this this bar is just. I mean, it's just it's just secret after secret after secret. Wait, after. is that a framed photo of Jack Ruby? Yeah. <laughs> It's autographed too. That's the weird. I think part. he used to own this place. Yeah, he wasn't notable until after he died. Uh, that was weird. Um, we're the pros from Dover. Uh, Want to say thank you to um, our music uh, uh, provider, uh, Band Corporate Circus. Um, you can check their stuff out uh, on the internet because I genuinely don't know. And here's the fun part: uh, I have not picked out which song uh, we're going to use for the interstitial bumps at this point. So uh, check all their stuff out, and next week we'll actually give them better attribution. My name is Matt Goshert. Jim Bach is with me. Um, This is The Pros from Dover. Have a good time. Have a good time.